You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Hi, everyone. How are you today? I, I hope you're uh, having a good time. We got a special guest today. Every week's a special guest. But, uh, Rob, you ever see a show called The Walking Dead? Yeah, I've seen Yeah, of uh, course you've seen it, Rob. Every if you, episode. Yeah, you've seen every episode. So as most uh, Americans or foreigners, <laughs> pretty much anyone in the world has seen The Walking Dead. You know, it's funny because like Smallville back in the day, I felt like for a while everybody watched us, but we weren't around with social media. Well, this show came about and it is a social media storm. You cannot comment without hundreds of thousands, millions of people commenting on The Walking Dead. Well, our guest today is Emily Kinney. She was Beth Green on Walking Dead, Nora from Masters of Sex, but it was a lot of fun talking to her. It's weird because I was watching her for all these years and I'm like, going, oh my gosh, it's Beth. And a lot of cool questions. But more importantly, I got to really know who she was, where she comes from and how she got into the whole business and working at Red Lobster in Times Square. Emily loved that. Her adoption into the comic book world when she first started the show and how uncomfortable it was. It is uncomfortable because like, I was thrown into like comic book world land like with Smallville and I didn't really know anything about comics. And you sort of have to learn and, and respect the fans and understand where they come from and, and, and know what you're doing. You have to do the research, Rob. You do the fucking research? No, because I wasn't on a uh, comic book show Thank ever. Thank you, Rob. Thanks. How amazing it was to work with the cast of uh, The Walking Dead. She talks about that. Her musical career, which is taking off. And uh, uh, I tried to get her to play a little music for me. You'll hear that. But uh, I'm very excited. Let's get inside of Emily Kinney from The Walking Dead. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. You know what? I'm not even talking about The Walking Dead. Smallville would have been that big if we had social media then. You think? No. Yeah. Yeah. They probably would have been oh. up there. Yeah. We had millions and millions of viewers. I mean, social media definitely makes things like an event. Like, it does. Oh, tune in and live tweet and all of that stuff. Do you think it really matters? What? Do you think you have like... <laughs> like at, what at, exactly like, will So matter. let's say, give or take, you have a million followers. Uh-huh. How many do you think retweet something, the most you've ever had? I feel like it's been in the in the thousands. Okay, so... Like, if, like it's hard for me. Um, I don't know about retweets, but I feel like on Instagram is where I'm most popular. And depending on the photo, sometimes I'll get like 100,000 likes. So I feel like that's pretty 100, good return. 100,000 likes? Yeah. I mean, so it that's... depends on the type. If, if it's something to do, like... To be honest, if it's more of like a, a selfie or like or a um, mm. something having to do with Walking Dead, then I tend to get more. Really, I understand. Rather that. than my poetry, so, <laughs> or some people rather look at my face than read my poetry. As long as you like your poetry, why. I think a lot of people probably like your poetry. No, they, I think they they probably like it, but I think that's pretty good. That's ten percent, right? So if I, I thousand I, out of a, a million, out of a million, that's ten percent. So well, I, wait, no, now I have one point eight million. Oh, bragger. I'm not bragging. I, I, I have 1.75 million less than you on Twitter, <laughs> okay? And I'll say this, that I think my percentage of people that retweet are probably equivalent to yours. Oh, yeah? I mean, what's, who cares if you have 1.8 if only 10%? I'm <laughs> kidding. It means a lot. There's a lot of people well, who adore you. They adore you. Thank you. Are we? This is the show. I mean, we're starting. We're oh, just, okay. This okay. could be. We could. Okay. This is. Emily. I wasn't sure when we were starting, but this, thank you. That's... Emily Rebecca Kinney. Did I fuck that up? <laughs> nope, that's it. Uh, that's my th name. Thank you for allowing me to be inside of you. Today. <laughs> uh, 
Are you, are you glad you're here? Are you comfortable? I think so. We I'm had, kind of nervous. Why? <laughs> I, I'm nervous too because, you know, we met at a, at a convention. We yeah. go to these conventions around the world. We're lucky enough to have wonderful fans. I've talked about this. And you go and you meet them and you talk to them and spend some time and do Q&As. Right. And so in the green room, like three or four times a day, you're, you're in the green room where a lot of the other actors are. And you're like, oh, there's the mountain from Game yeah. of Thrones. And there's, uh, you know, and so we get to sometimes meet each other and go, oh, hey, how are you doing? Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. And we start talking and we just kind of laughed and we were talking. I was actually talking to you and Alan Tudyk and um, the, the eye patch guy. Uh, David. David. Yeah. David. Who played the governor. David, what was his last Morrissey. name? Morrissey. Right. Yeah. And. Great guy. Yeah. So awesome. What do you think of conventions? I like them. I feel like when I first started going to them, I wasn't a part of necessarily like comic book culture. And so it was a new thing to me. I didn't even know they really existed until I started getting offers to go to them. It was interesting at first. I felt a little bit maybe uncomfortable because even though I'm a performer, an actor and a songwriter and stuff, I I definitely can be more introverted or at times more shy, I mm-hmm. guess. So um, so just meeting a lot of new people, even though to, to them, I was super familiar. They're strangers essentially they're fans but new people and new faces and so at first I found it a little bit overwhelming and more exhausting than I thought it would be and then the more I've done them the more I I start to really really like them I don't uh, I, I I love getting to travel to different cities I like actually getting to hear what fans have to say about the show it's interesting to me to see what things come up over and over again it's been great for me and my music a lot of times at conventions I'll play shows with my band so I've had really cool opportunities because of them and like I said it's just like it is really cool to meet people one-on-one I feel like then they're invested in you and your career in a different way than if they just saw you on tv it's kind of like the equivalent of touring you know a band that came through your your city as a kid you like attached to you know, like I can still remember certain bands that came to Nebraska and then I like followed them closer. What bands? Well, the Spin Doctors was one of my first. I hate that one song. <laughs> Fuck. What is it? Which one? The m- biggest hit they ever had. I used to be a DJ in college and no one listened uh, to me. Pr- uh, Prince. Yeah. that. Uh, Regrentenstrasse. You don't what, like what that was song? It? Prince. Um, Spin yeah, Doctors. Was, um, yeah. I'm trying to think. Um, I I went to Chicago and the Beach Boys in Sioux City, Iowa. Ooh, Counting Crows, maybe? No, I didn't go to Counting Crows, but they spent a lot of time in Omaha, and so I remember like I remember certain girls that like oh they hung they got to go and hang out with that band they got to hang out with them you heard about them yeah i heard like these these random things of like 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 a senior girl in high school like you know hanging out with the counting crows band or something like like, those girls are whores (laughs) the counting whores one (laughs) two three whores you're not just hanging with them um wayne nebraska yes that's where i went you are were you a good student i yeah I feel like I was in like the top 10% of my class. I got like all A's. How many people were in Wayne though, in Wayne High That's School? That's true. I only had Out 72 40, is that people true? in my class. But still top 10%, I wouldn't have been. Uh, I was the, were I, you a good student? Oh, no. No, I was. Uh, I had issues. I had attention deficit disorder. Did you see that fly on the wall over there? That's so cool. <laughs> no, I did. I just, I don't think anybody diagnosed me then. They just thought I was the asshole kid. Hey, yeah. Rosenbaum's huffing gas in the garage. <laughs> I was just kind of a weird kid and I thought I was... I like to say I was ahead of my time. I, I, I don't know. People just you didn't understand. Where me. were you from? In 
I grew up. Did you say Indiana? I was was born in New York, but I grew up in a small town in Newburgh, Indiana. Okay. Were you? You just wanted to get out. You wanted to get out of there. Uh, and you know, maybe I, you yeah. just you didn't belong. No, I don't. Know. I just wanted to figure it out. I wanted yeah. to figure out. Look, what am I doing? What do I, I thought I was the only person who thought this. And many many people out there, maybe you guys are thinking this. Did you ever think, like in high school, you're like, I don't see myself like getting through, like going to college, getting through. High. I felt like one of those kids who was like, I don't see myself living that long. It was like a dark, weird thing. Like, oh. like not like I was suicidal, really, but I just felt like I don't know if I don't see myself as an adult. And I I was right. Look at me. Yeah. No, I actually, I feel similar. I I feel like I never knew, like I can remember graduation from high school and me still telling people I wasn't sure if I was going to go to any of the colleges that I had been accepted to, or I just felt very much like I wanted to get out of Nebraska and do acting. And I also, in a similar way, like I never really thought past like wanting to do acting and wanting to do music. Like that's one thing that I deal with now is I'm like, oh, okay, well, there's so many other things to do with your life. Like just even the things of like, oh, I I guess maybe I would like to maybe have a kid or like maybe get married someday or all of these kinds of things. You want to have a kid right now or are you thinking maybe? Not right now. (laughs) Not this second. Not right now, but I mean, I guess I never really thought past myself in like my 20s and just trying to like get to a point where I was like taking care of myself. Sure. I didn't think like past that. The thing that anchored me was, okay, well, I want to do, honestly, it was, I want to do acting and music. How do I do that? Well, I can move to New York City. I can, I mean, and then my friends became musicians and my, you know, like I, that was sort of my anchor. But how did you do that? How I made decisions. But how did you, I understand that, but you're in Wayne, Nebraska. Right. Right. And how, how long were you living in Wayne? From the time I was in, I think fourth grade. Until I graduated high school. Fourth grade. Third or fourth grade. Did they have plays and things? They, they had, did, like, yeah. There was yeah. only 72 I, kids here. Um, in my class. In your class. So, so in high school, there was like, I feel like there was three to 400 kids like in the whole high school. Okay, that's about what I had. Um, but yeah, so everybody, yeah, there were plays and musicals and um, I did some sports, but I also did like one acts and then I also did. Uh, Where did you remember your first audition what it was for? I don't remember for the plays. Or musicals. You know what I remember most is auditioning for Swing Choir. What the hell is Swing Choir? So it was like the select choir. Like you guys choir. all make out with different people? Like the people. really... <laughs> that all happens in Swing Choir. <laughs> I mean, we're in Nebraska. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I wouldn't be allowed there. Um, I auditioned for Swing Choir, and I remember that one because, like, usually it was seniors who got in. It was, like, the select choir. What did you have and to do to get in? You had to like learn a song and sing by yourself. And, what song? And you, I, I don't remember the song. You don't remember? I remember everything about you high do? school because I was so miserable. I remember like the play and the audition. I remember the the the, the lines. You don't remember yeah. what song it was. You don't remember what you said. You probably because you were singing so many songs at that time. You just chose one. Like I did a lot of talent shows when I was little, like seven, eight years old. I would go to like county fairs. My mom would drive Come me to on. county fairs, and I would go to um. I would go to the Lions Club Talent Contest. I remember the song I sang I, for all of that stuff. I sang my favorite things. That was Who when I was seven. Um, it's from The Sound of Music. How does it go? <laughs> I'm not singing for you. <laughs> I said that. How does it go? I'll sing it. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright color and warm fun and mittens. Rum you have perfect pitch. Is that what they say? Have you been told that? I have been told that. Yeah, I don't. 
You're a good singer, I, though. No, no, I love to sing. And You're a very good singer. Sometimes people say, hey, you could sing. And sometimes people say, hey, you can't. But when you sing, you could always sing because you're trained and you just have that. I don't know when I'm off a little bit. Be like, ooh. I get that. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you have your guitar. You make sure you're in the right key and everything. I yeah. try. I try. I do, I you're do, very I, good I do love music. So yeah. so back in high school, you're you're doing all these like little little shows like in like yeah. Were your parents sort of like going, "I want you to do this," I, or, or you just loved it so much that they had no choice? It was sort of from they liked it. I mean, I definitely like my mom. I can remember my mom being like, you know, at family gatherings, like Emily's going to sing us a song now. You know, like everyone gather around. Like it was definitely a thing. Like they, I, I wouldn't say they discouraged it at all. Did she critique? But you I don't after know it? If, like Emily. No, 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 you, no. You, no, she was a good mother. Um, my parents never critiqued me. My dad, I remember, used to leave, and I'd be like, Dad, why? Like, if I had a talent contest, I remember him just disappearing, and he'd be like, because whenever I would practice at home, he would look at me and I'd start laughing. And he was like, I was nervous you were going to look at me and start laughing. I thought you were going to say he left the room and would just started crying. Oh, my God. I'm so, I'm so, she's so talented. No, he was afraid he was going to make me laugh. So he would, That's like, cute. leave the room. Yeah. Yeah. So they sounded like proud parents who just yeah. allowed you to do what you wanted, supported you, but didn't push you. I mean, I don't think they necessarily... I mean, to be honest, we're excited about me wanting to, like, leave Nebraska and go to New York City or go to L.A., but it was something from the time I was maybe even four or five. It was like, I like to sing. I'm going to be a singer. I would sit in front of their record player and listen to The Carpenters. What's your favorite Carpenter song? Well, the song that I loved when I was little to sing um, was that Sing, Sing a Song. Sing, sing it loud. Yeah. Sing it strong. Don't worry. Oh. Don't matter if you're not good enough for anyone else to hear. Oh. Yeah. So those songs touched you as a child. Yeah. I would just literally sit in front of them, learn them. I would tape, like, I remember the DuckTales theme, like, taping it so that then I could learn it. Like, I was really obsessed with learning a song, like, memorizing the song. And this was even before I could, like, really read or anything. So, Yeah. Are you really good at like hearing a song and then learning the lyrics pretty quickly? I think so. It depends. And your I, lines, if it's written well, it's sort of I, like, you know. Yeah, I feel like it's it's funny. I feel like it takes me a minute to learn things, but once I have it, I really do know it for it's like really in there for a really long time. Like I feel like lines, I I know other actors who seem to just be like, "Oh, yeah, I'll just learn this and they just seem to like pick it up so quickly. I do feel like I have to, it has to like sink in. I have to really work at it. I have to, yeah, I have to like I mean, I'll set aside time to just like say the lines over and over again to a wall and like do like I mean Do you ever have your friends FaceTime with you and do lines? I have done that. I have a really great friend Haley who for whatever reason just will do lines with me anytime. Not cocaine. I'm, we're talking no. about we're talking about scripts. We're talking about auditions, folks. <laughs> yeah. Don't go there with Emily Kim. <laughs> So I have a couple of good friends who seem to not mind running lines with me, which is really awesome of them. Because I, fe- I feel like it, it must be boring. It's really boring. And my, friends, my, my friend Tom does it sometimes. And yeah. he's so bad because he'll start doing a character. Oh, and he's yeah? not an actor. He'll go, I'll go, what do you want me to do? He'll go, what do you want me to do? I go, why are you acting like a dumbass? He goes like, I'm reading the fucking lines here. I'm like, well, just read them. He's like, okay, what do you want me to do? 
And he just does these like he's going to be found. Like all of a sudden, yeah. someone's going to walk through the front door and go, "Oh, that guy's a good actor." It's like really this weird thing. He makes fun of the whole thing. But so, yeah. all right, so good childhood. You're a smart kid. You're oh, proud. Thank you. so yes. far. You're the opposite of me. That's what I realized. That I don't know. <laughs> well, it was just, like, I, had a, I, mean, I had a dysfunctional family. You don't, which is great because I love to hear that because yeah, it's it's nice to hear. And I think that's one of the things that concerns you for this podcast. You're like, I actually had a good family. I actually right. so. I mean, there was definitely stuff. My parents were 19 and 20 when they got married, so I feel like there was definitely a lot of stuff to figure out. But generally speaking, I mean, I think now I have a really good relationship with my parents just because when I moved to New York, I uh, I definitely like separated myself and didn't I, – I wasn't as close to them for, for a minute. And then when we reconnected, I feel like now I see them more as just like people rather than like – I. What I'm trying to say is when I was little, I feel like I like got mad at them and judged them a lot more. And now I'm like, oh, I mean, just whether or not they were like good parents or this or that. I mean, now I look back. Who was the disciplinarian? Um, I mean, you weren't spanked. No, I mean, I feel like we were threatened. My dad had a really bad temper. Yeah, my dad had a temper too. But I also now, and, and when I was younger, that like not only scared me, but I was like, oh, dad, like he's just like, I really judged him for it. And now I think back and I'm like, man, he was like in his twenties with three daughters. Same thing with my dad. And I think of like my guy friends now who I'm in bands with and this, and they're like in their thirties. And I'm like, oh my God, my dad was like this dude with like all this responsibility. And like my friends, like I, I mean, I love my friends, but I can't imagine them with like three daughters and like how they would respond. And of course they would have a temper and, you know, so I think of like, wow, uh, I I look at them differently now. Were they drinkers or anything? Any, you know, sort of. Were you a drinker in high school? Did you party? Did you I get was, in trouble? I honestly was so good in high school. I feel like my freshman, sophomore year, I sort of got into... Pot, cocaine, no, heroin. I, <laughs> None of those. You're really looking for something. No, to I just, just I like... just, I'm just curious if in Wayne, Nebraska, there's, uh, you know, people powder their noses. I mean, there are people who smoke a little weed, I sure, think. Sure, sure. But I feel like that was even like, oh, we got some weed from the college, from Wayne State College kids or something. <laughs> it wasn't anything State. that bad. Right. Yeah. Um, but people drank, but I didn't drink. And I definitely, there was a shift that happened like sophomore year, freshman, sophomore year, where I just started, like, I feel like freshman, sophomore year, I would like got to do like all the prom server things. And like, I was like really in this certain crowd. And then... I was just like, I got to get the fuck out of here. And I didn't drink because I feel like I associated people getting like drunk in like cornfields. And then I'd like see all the parents at like the count. I mean, now I feel like I'm, uh, Wayne was a great place to live and all. No, I see the same thing as Indiana. But you know, I would sort of have these moments of like, if I, I'm never leaving. Look, they all then go to the Wayne County Fair and I'll get drunk. And hanging out in the cornfields drinking beer, and uh, not that there's anything wrong with drinking beer. But like you just I love want to having do that drink. your whole life. But I was like, fuck, I feel like I'll get stuck if right. I get so. Children of the corn of Wayne, Nebraska. <laughs> I felt like like drinking, and that was like, like I said, there was this thing of like I want to do this. That sort of started to guide all of my decisions. <laughs> sure. You know. Well, what was it that you said? Not only do you feel it inside, you felt like other people thought, this girl's talented. This girl can sing. She can act. Right. She could, like, when was that the moment you said that? Because that's probably the moment you wanted to go to New York, right? Um, I don't know if there was like a moment. It was just sort of like, 
That's what I'm going to do? Like, since I was little. It was like, and then I would, like, listen to people on the radio, and I'd be like, yep, want to be a singer. I mean, I would tell that, I was like, that's, you know, what I'm going to do. Like, career day, it was like, What's, what job do you want? Well, I'm going to be a singer. That's all it was. Well, weren't your parents like, uh, sweetheart, no one is successful at that. You're a one in a million. You're a lottery ticket. Stop it. Did they ever? Did you ever get that I conversation mean, from people? I would. I can. I can remember. Um, I didn't get the part I wanted in this play, and I remember one time my dad saying, "Well, you know," and I and I and so then I quit because I didn't get the part I wanted because I don't know I was being kind of a brat. brat. Um, and uh, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna work and save money. I'm gonna work at this coffee shop, and I'm not gonna. Um, I'm not gonna be in the play this." this semester or whatever. And I remember my dad being like, well, you know, I think it's okay to start like focusing on other things or whatever. And I was like, you did real good in chemistry. Yeah. This was when I was at West. I had, I had started going to school at Wesleyan and, and then I was like, Oh no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not going to be in this play because I didn't get the part I want. And I'm going to work at this coffee shop and save money for my move to New York city. And he shit his pants. Like, no, I mean, they, they, ever since I was little, I was like telling my parents I was going to do this. I think they would have been just as proud if I would have been like, oh, I'm going to be a music teacher and be in the community theater plays and be in the, you know, and and I would also be in some ways happy doing that. Like I just love acting and music. And I, I think even if it hadn't turned out into this amazing career, I would just like Continue let's say something it. had happened. Let's say I had like fallen in love with the love of my life and he lived in Iowa or whatever. I feel like I still would have gone into that community and then been like, oh, where's the theater? Where are people playing music? Like that's just what I – that's the guiding thing of how I'm going to spend my time. So yeah, I think they would have been honestly probably just as happy if not in some ways more comfortable if I had stayed in Nebraska and just been like – like, you know, in every Omaha theater right. thing or... Ladies in, and gentlemen, our little old lady of Wayne, <laughs> here's Emily Kinney. No, I really think they would... And they the song later at church. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. I think they would be just as proud. Because I think that, I, you know, in, in these smaller towns, it's almost like its own world in a certain way. Like, in a way, There's I feel no like New York and L.A. were like these different, almost like different countries, I feel sure. like. Like it was, you could be like a star in your own little world of Nebraska. Do you know what I'm saying? Have you asked anybody from Wayne, Nebraska who knew you? And they said, are you shocked that Emily Kinney has made it? How many people, or did you just... I didn't really think about like what other people thought. That's a good thing, Emily. That's a good thing. I I mean, I think I was, I don't know if people thought I was really going to do it or not, but I never really said I was going to do anything else. If if you you ask people, honestly, with a gun to their head, (laughs) <laughs> do you think uh, Michael Rosenbaum will become an actor or do anything with his life? What would they have said? Who? <laughs> no. Michael who? Uh, and those who knew me would probably go, he's just kind of weird. I don't I don't think so. I didn't even think it either. I was going to work at Wesselman's Grocery or work at Sunoco pumping really? gas. I worked at the car you... track. You know, anyway, this is inside of Emily Kinney, by the way. Oh, oh sorry. I, no, no. I, wanna, I keep you asking, get, turning you, around on you. You can get inside I don't... of me. No. <laughs> but you're going to have to be <laughs> just gentle. For a you're going to have to ease up here, Emily. <laughs> just... I, uh, I, I just, 
I was taking drama classes because I was kind of a clown. Yeah. And then I, I told the story already. Anyway, I ended oh, up auditioning for a play because I had to to take advanced drama. And uh-huh. I got it. And I, people started noticing me and going, oh, you're actually kind of funny. Yeah. And so that gave me enough confidence in college to finally audition for a play. And then from there, people started, you know, it was, again, I've talked about this, but me not being me. So if I yeah. was someone else, I was secure. I was comfortable. But right. if you asked anybody I grew up with, they would have been like, no. I have a feeling with you, they go, oh, yeah, she was a good singer. She acted in all the plays. I could see it. It makes sense. I don't know what other people thought about it. I do think that other people didn't see those things as options. Like the idea of someone being like, I'm going to move to New York City. The idea though, instead of like going to UNL and I'm going to be in the theater program at like UNL or UNL, Branson, Missouri is like that you can get jobs as an actor there or going to like Minneapolis and like they had a good theater scene. So I remember certain things being sort of like, oh, that's like in reach, right? you know? And so I didn't actually even really know anyone who had moved to New York City. Who drove you to New York? Did you take a grand? I, no, I took a plane. But my mom took... <laughs> That's probably the easiest, right? <laughs> was, I didn't... Just, I always sorry want, to, like... I'm, I'm I feel like I'm to, ruining your image I'm of, like, trying. me showing up on the bus with, like, my suitcase. Yeah. And I'm, like, just... I just wanted... I thought maybe she took a Greyhound. She or no. dad drove over. There was this emotional moment. No, I took a no, freaking I, plane. I got on a plane. It well, was only first... So, first, I, apl- I actually went to NYU first for a semester. I got into this program where I didn't have to... I basically... It was almost like an exchange sort of thing. Well, I, I studied with their sophomores... Um, in a studio. So I studied at Playwrights Horizons for a semester. Oh, I auditioned for a play there. You did? Yeah. You didn't you, – did you get in? No. No. You, sorry. No. Continue. So, so I get in. I leave Nebraska, go to that. And then towards the end of the semester, I'm like panicking because I didn't have enough money to actually go to NYU because you could – the idea was I think you, they were trying to get people to like transfer so that the people that leave after their freshman year, it's like filling in that class, you know, that – those people or right. whatever. And so I was like, fuck, well, I'm not going to like – be able to keep going to NYU because I don't have any money. <laughs> and then – so I started auditioning for plays whenever I had free time. And I ended up getting an equity play that uh, rehearsed in the city. And my friend Kelly said I could move in to her apartment with her. It was a studio apartment. Not Kaylee. Your um, no, Kelly. Not, not, not Haley. Not this the girl, line Kelly. reader, Kelly. Not Haley. Haley is oh, my, Haley. my, yes. line my band, good friend here in right, LA. Right. Kelly is someone I met in the laundry room at NYU. Creepy. Anyway, she somehow we – oh, we became friends and then she – I had said I got this play. I don't know where I'm going to live. And she's like, live in my studio. And I was like, sure. It was like the cheapest option for me. So – and then I didn't realize she had also told her – girlfriend Ashley that had gotten an intern that she could also stay there. So it was three girls in a studio apartment in Midtown East. And girls are fucking messy. They are. They're messier than boys. We (laughs) We get a bad rap, but you girls are messy. We had, we put up shelves for all of our clothes and then it was, we had a futon and a bed. So we would alternate like who got like their own bed at night. So that's how, it was, yeah. Who sleeps in the bed, who sleeps in the... Yeah. Wow. Or it was based on like who was actually there that night. How much was the rent? Do you remember how much rent was I for you? I think I paid her like $400 or and something. And where'd you work? Um, I worked at a few different places, but I was getting paid for that play. So it was an equity play and it was like my first kind of like real theater gig. Um, we rehearsed in the, in the city at Wings Theater and then we took the train out. Once we started doing previews in the play, we took the train out every night to um, – to New Canaan, Connecticut. It was like a big outdoor theater. And the owner of this theater company would have these like huge parties at their like 
awesome house and we'd all get drunk and stay overnight. So you were getting drunk at this point. You left yeah, Wayne and I now mean, you started. <laughs> it changed, Emily. Yeah, I started, uh, I mean, just when I got to New York, pretty much. Right. Um, so you're drinking, you're making money, you're living make- in a studio <laughs> with three girls. I mean. This is really fun. Uh, okay. But so I did make some money doing that and then I worked, I would work like a couple days, like I think I mentioned this to you the other day that I like worked at Red Lobster in Times Square for like a few shifts and then like I just I remember I one day Go ahead. one day after theater rehearsal someone was like hey we're all going to Union Square to like get ice cream and hang out in the park and I was like oh I'm supposed to go hostess at Red Lobster and then I was like mm, I'm not gonna go <laughs> so you just quit I just never showed yeah, up you did three shifts or something I did more than that you but I just never showed up again no one called me no one noticed I was gone because this place is huge and there were so many people working there. A giant and then finally, red lobster. yeah, giant Where was this? red lobster in Times Square. I couldn't work there. They were I'm like allergic different... to crustaceans. Oh, no. Yeah, no lobster for me. <laughs> it wouldn't be a good thing. <laughs> that wouldn't be good to work there. But so you just get it. So it sounds like now you moved to New York, you're getting a little rebellious. It's like, not, I mean, just a little. Yeah. You're drinking now, you're quitting red lobster. <laughs> I mean, this is anarchy, Emily. Yeah, that's when I got really wild. You just started. Yeah, I think I was like 20. You were 20. 20. Yeah, I wasn't legal to drink. So oh. I remember the I had started dating this guy, and I remember it was always a thing of like, well, we got to go to a bar where they're not going to card you because he was older than me. Right. How much older? Not that much. I think he was like 25 or 26, and I was like 20. I think he was like four or five years older than me. He wasn't your first, was he? First what? <laughs> he was uh, my first kiss. No, he wasn't my first first boyfriend. First thing. First he was my second. F. Oh, all right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I wasn't I didn't I didn't F till I was eighteen. Yeah, I remember. She backed up on the couch. She doesn't want to talk about this. She doesn't want to talk about she doesn't want to talk about her. Letting me know. I mean, she doesn't want to talk I mean, about her I first F. It. You know, Henry Winkler was talking I had Henry Winkler with the Fonz on and he was talking about his F. I don't I I didn't I, ask who the F was. I, I mean I it was great. I was in love. The F was great? <laughs> Oh, the first. (laughs) Oh, okay. So when I first started drinking, I never knew what to drink. When I was with this guy, he, I remember he would take me to this place called Sweet Ups and (laughs) Jesus, it was in Brooklyn. I loved that place. Actually. It was great. I remember I didn't know what to drink and he would be like, you should get a gin bramble. It's really good. What's in a gin bramble? And then I didn't know. I don't know. It's like gin and club soda and- Bramble. <laughs> a little bramble in there. Yeah, just easy on the bramble, please. But so then, like, I never knew what to order. So I would just, like, for, like, all summer, all I would drink were, like, gin brambles. Like, that was the only, I was like, oh, that's what I want because I didn't know what to order. Sounds you know fancy. I mean? Or I would order, like, beer or something. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So you're doing this play. You live in a studio. You're starting to date a guy. You quit Red Lobster. You're drinking a little. You're getting more seasoned. You're getting some. <laughs> You know, you get more going confident. to rooftop parties in Brooklyn. So the play ends, but I right had quit my Red Lobster job and any other job I had had, and I was really broke, and I really didn't know what so to do. So you moved in with four and girls. And I had started in the like charging like Jamba Juice on my credit card, like like I had started charging small purchases on my credit card, like sure, like walking, and I didn't know how long I was going to be able to stay in the studio with two other girls and all of this. So then I actually moved back to Nebraska. 
for about um, a year or so, maybe less than a year, and I like just saved money. And I worked at a coffee shop. Were you miserable? Were you miserable because you wanted to be back in New York and you were just there? I did, but I also enjoyed – it's that thing of like now I was like I'm going to go back and I sort of like enjoyed the time. I was in a play and stuff and I started working all the time. I worked at a coffee shop at a hosp- or a coffee cart at the hospital. So I would get up really early at like 5 a.m., go to this coffee cart. Then I would also work – at this other place called Mojava, um, and I just this is in Nebraska. This is in Lincoln, Nebraska, right. and I saved my money. How much money did you save? This is what's funny. I I went to New York with like a thousand bucks, and you I was like, a whole year. I didn't work a whole year, but like I also had to pay off like my credit card, and I remember it was around a thousand. Maybe I had like fifteen hundred, but I feel like it was around a thousand bucks because then when I moved back to New York, I remember going to Washington Mutual with like my cash and my checks and like opening an account and being like, okay, I have to find an apartment. I have to find a job immediately. So like two days later, I, lobster, I didn't go door. back to, I, I realized I didn't mind coffee shop. So I found a coffee shop job and then a few blocks away, I found this really sketch apartment, but again with this girl, Kelly, and it was $1,600 a month. So my half was 800. Perfect. And we didn't have to put down a deposit or anything. I mean, because it was like a really shitty building and the owner was a little creepy. Cra- a little creepy. Yeah. But he was like, yay, two girls. I don't know what he was thought. I know. It was creepy. Date but I was line. like, I thought I was like, perfect. 800 right. bucks. Now I'm going to start working at the place so I can make my rent for the next month. You know. So now you're auditioning for things. Things are starting to... Yeah, yeah. you have an agent? Uh, I don't have an agent at this point. So you're just going on cattle calls? You're I backstage. would go to backstage and go to theater auditions and then eventually like... Casting directors started bringing me in for TV stuff. And then eventually I got like a commercial agent who then recommended me for the TV department. What was your first commercial? I didn't really end up doing that many commercials. What did I do? I did these promos for Comedy Central, I remember. Like they had some Halloween special. And you know what's funny? It was with zombies. I was a girl who hung out with zombies and it was like, stay tuned to Comedy Central's like, like, Whatever, uh, what is that? Shaun of the Dead, like marathon, something, or and you're like 23. I was like, yeah, 22 by now. And you had no idea that just a few years later. <laughs> I know <laughs> it's crazy. Okay, so so okay. get so get me there. Oh, get you wanted there. to know about Spring Awakening? Yeah, I want I want to hear about that because that was a huge hit. Yeah, it was, and I had seen it um, at Christmas. I auditioned for it many times. I think it ended up being like seven auditions total when you start with the very first audition. Like the first audition I got was to be like a vacation replacement. And at the time I was in another show at Signature Theater, like an off-Broadway show. And then it was just over the course of months. Then they would bring me in for, uh, you know, for the whole creative team. Then it was like, oh, can you learn a song? And then come in again. And then they did like this big group movement call because they were also trying to cast the national tour at the time, plus replace people in the Broadway cast. And then finally, yeah, I got an offer to play Anna in the Broadway cast. And so I repa- I replaced Phoebe Stroll and like... And how long did you do it, it for? Um, I think eight months. Do you like doing plays? Do I love it. it? Well, you do it? Because you, you, I, I hear you talking about it still. You still have that light in your eye. That's sort of when you hear there's a play. You're, you're Yeah. Now, to me, it's more work than anything. Because you're doing like eight shows a week. And that sounds – like I used to do plays. I did like 20, 25. I go, oh, I'm an actor. I'm, a, I'm in the theater. And then all of a sudden I was like, man, yeah. I don't know if I could just physically do it. Like every yeah. night. And, the, you know, it's just – it's a lot. Yeah. Um, I 
I feel like if it's a show you really love, I guess that would be my requirement now is I feel like it has to be something that I feel passionate about that I would want to give. Would you do Basically Wicked? your – ooh, I do love Wicked. Could you do I've Wicked? I've seen it like Do you have five. a voice for Wicked? Like I could do could you do that? maybe Galinda. Oh, Galinda. I love Galinda. 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 With yeah. a guh. That's guh. what she says guh. in the with a guh. I love it. I don't know school. though. I mean, I, I don't know if I would do wicked, but I would do a play if it was the right time and the right story and the right character and everything like that. I would totally do it. But it is exhausting and even more so than the eight shows a week, there's like the as I'm getting older, I'm starting you go like, oh, time really is passing by. Oh, maybe I don't want to miss like my friend's wedding and my, you know, like the first five, ten years of my acting career, it's been like, oh, congratulations on your baby. No, I won't be back to see it. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm missing my best friend from high school's wedding. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I get really I'm sad not gonna, about that. That's happened I'll get a lot. super bummed where I go yeah. like, life is passing by and like, and like with TV, at, even though it's still unpredictable when you're going to get gigs and all of this, there is somewhat of like, usually you have like, some weekends off. It's flexible. You have, yeah, they're not going to shoot on Christmas probably. You know, like uh, yeah. you can you can figure out ways to like see your family and see your friends. If you're doing eight shows a week. You can't. You're doing a show on Christmas. You're doing a show on holidays because that's when people go to see theater and travel and like. I've missed so many weddings. I've missed so many things and people just don't yeah. understand it. You miss this. You miss. So you're doing plays. You're doing all this and you, you start doing, you're st- I guess you start doing TV appearances because Walking Dead yeah. wasn't the big one. I mean, it was the big one, I, but, but it wasn't. But it wasn't like my first ever gig, right? right. What was the first one? I started, one? Uh, I feel like one of my first TV things was like Law & Order. Oh, I know. Law & Order Criminal, Criminal Intent. Intent. I remember my name was Jeannie because I've played a lot of Jeans. And her brother gets murdered. And so the rest of the show is like they interview me a lot trying to figure out like what happened to him. Was and, it your first TV sort of experience like as it was a, one a TV of my show first, and the biggest role for a TV show? Yeah, because I was like one of the – like I was – of you know how like in criminal intent it usually or like in law and order there there there's usually like one kind of main person who was it D'Onofrio was it D'Onofrio who's in that Vincent uh, D'Onofrio was he in criminal intent no so I had law and um, I had Mr. Big was in the one that I was in he was interviewing me a lot Mr. Big yeah Sex in the City Mr. Big oh I thought Mr. Big was that that band from the nineties. <laughs> Hold on, little girl. Show them what they've done to you. You know that song? Um, yes, I'm I do know that song. the one who wants to, to be, be with you. you. Yeah, you I've know that. Inside. Inside of you. That's Deep my show. Inside. That's my podcast right now. Emily um, Kinney. Okay, so. Anyway, that was the first. And then I started doing like lots of little guest stars. You know, like I was on The, the Big C and I had like a recurring part on that. And then I, yeah, I went on a big national tour with August Osage County. Oh, yeah. That was played, a big one. Oh, I loved that character. I had actually – that was one of those where I read it when it was in Chicago. And it was at Steppenwolf. And they said they were going to bring it to Broadway. And I was like, this has to – I mean, it didn't end up being my Broadway debut. Spring Awakening did. But I, when I read it, I, I was like, I have to be this part. This I know. I'm, I know this girl. And you got it on the first try? I didn't get it on the first try, actually. How many? I got, offered, I, I got it on the second try. Because the first try, so I auditioned for, for the Broadway one. Like basically, they ended. They said like, "Oh, we loved Emily. We decided to go with this this other girl who was on a TV show." And you quit. Went and back to Nebraska. No, and then I was like, "Fuck this!" And then I left. No, then they <laughs> said so. They went with this other girl, but they'd love for you to be the understudy. And my agent said this to me, and I'll never forget it because I love her. She was like, she was like, "You should not be an understudy. You are a star." <laughs> what? 
And you went, and it stuck yeah. with me. Well, at first I, I was like, well, right now I'm working at a coffee shop and I got to make some money. So maybe being an understudy on a Broadway show would be incredible. Like there was a part of me that's like the actor mentality of like, oh, you just want to take you anything at this point. Right. Because I was still like I'd gotten gigs and I was doing well, but it wasn't like I was like, you know, I was still like once. I don't know if I was when you heard your shop, agent think, say that you believed it. Well, I said I think you have to. I was I remember being like. Because I had been getting, like, a lot of callbacks and a lot – I had been getting, like, close and a lot of stuff. And I was like, you know what? Okay, you're right. I'm not going to take this. But it stuck with me. She's still my agent, Rachel. I rem- I just love her. Emily, my She's agent. She's my favorite person. My, or not my favorite person, but my favorite – one of my favorite people. My agent and, once said, Michael, you're the next Will Ferrell. And I fired him <laughs> right then. I fired him. I said, that's just ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. You're a liar. That could never happen. You're the next you. Yes. That's what my grandpa always said. What do you got to be the next whoever? Be, yeah. There's already that guy. Why can't you be this guy? I'm just trying to figure out that guy. Um, but anyway. Okay, anyway. so you it got... It stuck with me and it was very nice of her to say. And I was like, you know what? I I really want a job, but I also, I feel like you're, you've got good instincts. And then it came around again and then I got offered the part. Wow. So Aren't you glad you, you weren't the understudy? Going I there am. Every not that there's anything wrong with being an. Un- there's no. obviously nothing. It's a. Gr- I mean, it's a great gig, and like. But I, I think I, it's harder than actually the part because you. Never yeah, because then to you go never on. know for sure, and you have to always be prepared, and like you don't. Yeah, you know the part in and out, but like yet you never get to perform each time, and and you have to be. And a lot of times they understudy a couple parts. This one wouldn't have been, but like a lot of the swings that were in Spring Awakening and stuff, they had to know a bunch of parts. Just yeah, at the time I was like, I should hold out for something else, maybe. All right. Anyway. Let's get to the big one. Okay. Wait, the you wanted SVU. to know. SVU. SVU. Special Victims <laughs> Unit Law and Order. I mean, that was a good one. I'm kidding. I enjoyed I mean, that's not the big the, okay. one. The Good Wife. These were all before. They were actually after, weren't they? Uh, actually, Good Wife was after. before. It was before. It was before. Walking Dead. Masters of Sex. Was after. That was after. The Nick was after. By the way, Rob's a pervert because I hadn't seen it and he said you were nude in it. I get very naked. I didn't know that. My parents were not happy. Did they see it? My mom was pretty mad. I've never been naked. I mean, I'm naked every day. (laughs) You've never been naked. No, my friends, I get naked in front of my friends. You've never been naked on television. Uh, You know, I took a shower, but it was like a rather opaque or translucent. Got it. That's the middle one, right? Uh, Curtain, so you couldn't see my genitalia. Okay. Um, There was... There's probably something where you could see, my, you know, maybe my definitely my ass. Do I show feel my like I'm you... just showing past or I showed my ass a lot. I love showing okay. my ass. Yeah, I don't want to show it. my balls and beans. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so masters of sex. So you did, you did that. By the way, weren't you nervous? Like, or were you like, fuck yeah, I'll get naked. I really liked the part when I read it. Like, I I did I did have to get naked, but I also had like really great like speeches and really great scenes and really great like I loved the characters. So I was just sort of like, sure, I'll do it, whatever. Like, I, I was just like, I want to do the part. Sure, I'll show my boobs. I don't care, whatever. Emily, you know I, want what I, say, I want to say something <laughs> like, to you right now. For the first time just... in this interview, I'm actually looking at you going, you're an artist. You're like, <laughs> fuck. You love the material so much that you're like, I want to do this part. And I don't care. Yeah. Because that's, most actresses will say, no nudity, no tits, no whatever, no. stunt double, I mean, if whatever, I was body double. Something, if I thought it was a stupid part and they were just showing boobs to show boobs, that would be different. Then I'd be like, I don't want to do that. But it was like a really good part on a show that I loved. And I was like, I don't care. And I'd seen the show before and everything's like very 
tasteful and like real, real and like. How much nudity were you? How much? I mean, was, was, you was haven't looked at, I mean, you can I check swear it out. I my life I have not. And I, you know what? I'm not going it's, to. It's okay. Yeah. You now I feel to. like a pervert. Now that no, I feel like I mean, I'm inside you, of you, I, show, like, I don't want to do yeah. that. Well, no, it's a show inside of you. Michael. But right. I don't want to do that because I feel it's inappropriate. Okay. So I don't want to watch a show that maybe you could just uh, email me the scenes you weren't naked in. And I'll watch your okay. wonderful speeches. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously. So you were on set. Do you remember being like naked the first day or going on set and you're doing the scene and you're like, well, close set. It's always a close set. Have some respect for the actors. Yeah. You know what? They, because they're, it, I mean, it is masters of sex and they have, they've had these scenes before. So they had like basically a system for these scenes where you, there was more nudity and like everyone was very respectful and everyone was, as soon as the scene was, as soon as they called cut, someone came over with a robe and all of this, you know, and. Um, but <laughs> do they make you look better? Do they make uh, you? They did say they were like, if you want to get a spray tan, you can't. Like, basically, did you do it? Did oh, you yeah, spray tan? yeah, yeah. I mean, why not? I guess if, be... it, if you feel, yeah, you don't, I, don't I mean, know, if it makes you feel like there's like somewhat of a like, I, I don't know, if it gives you confidence, but some people yeah, like the Julianne Moore milky white skin, yeah. I mean, but I just. You don't want yeah, to if that. I was going to be totally naked, yeah. I mean, because I'm pretty much, pretty much all naked, yeah. and I, I wanted all naked, like front and back. I mean, you see at in different scenes, you see different. My things. God, what is this show? Is it on Cinemax? What is this show? <laughs> Should I have known about this show? I can't believe you don't know about. I this swear show. on my life, I'd never. I think I might have heard of it, it's but it's really good. I didn't know there's so much nudity in it. I mean, it's not. Are guys nude too? Do you see? You see. Guys, nude. I don't know if you. I don't. Remember I don't think it's fair. I don't think if you're going to show your V squad, you got to show the D squad. Right. No, I don't show my. They do? I don't show like my. <laughs> Rob, my producer, just they said, do, yeah. They, they show do. dong. Oh yeah, I feel like they do. Yeah, there's like a point when I remember like a scene. Uh, yeah, they they do, but no, they they just showed like my butt and like. That's nothing. I mean, your butt's my not boobs. nothing. I mean, it's just not nothing. Yeah, it's nothing okay, to show a butt. So. <laughs> yeah. Shows your boobs. They show, um, but they didn't go like okay. Like, yeah, I mean, there was some stuff. You know, off limits. All right, so you're doing all this stuff, but your big break, really, as we know thus far, as one of them is AMC's The Walking Dead. Now, when yeah. I was younger, I'm not that much older than you, probably t- uh, 12 years or so, mm-hmm. but I remember AMC showed movies. Right. They just showed movies. And then Mad Men, they did this TV show, it became huge, and then pretty much Walking Dead right after, and that sort of just, yeah. the network exploded. So. Tell me about auditioning for that, how it came up, how the what your agent called you, and what you were expecting, and you're like, do I want to be honest? Did you want to do this zombie show? Were you yeah. not interested at first? No, I I hadn't seen the show, but I remember um, what friend was it that I was talking to, and he was like, oh, I love I love The Walking Dead. You that's going to be awesome. And I remember reading the scenes. They didn't give you like the full scripts. When did you come in? I came in season two, the beginning of season two. Okay. So the first season was just six episodes, but I hadn't seen them yet. But I read the sides for this character, and they were actually – originally I read Maggie sides. They I was auditioning for Beth, but they gave you kind of like dummy sides because they didn't want to reveal like right, storylines. Right. And I didn't realize there was this huge like comic book following. Like I really didn't – I knew of the comic books, but I wasn't like fami- – like I wasn't reading them myself necessarily – but I just remember being like, oh, these are great scenes. Like, I judge a lot of stuff just by, like, the writing. And I thought that it was really well written. And I was like, oh, yeah, of course I'll go in for this. This looks awesome. It's like a drama. Like, the scenes weren't about zombies. We were talking about, like... Life. Life and survival. And one of the scenes, it was never in the show, but, like, one of the scenes I was with, like, my boyfriend and we were talking about, like, oh, maybe we would, like, kill ourselves in this world. And, like, all these, like, the, it, it was... Uh, it was 
it, they were really cool scenes. Yeah. So I went in, auditioned, and then I had one other audition that was, I guess, like Skype with, and then like that Frank saw, Frank Darabont, and then found out I got the job like maybe a few days later. How was Frank Darabont? I didn't, yeah, yeah, he's great. I've always thought he was super nice, yeah. So then I flew out like a week later and started working on the show. In Atlanta. Yeah, and I didn't know, at first it was a recurring role. So at first I wouldn't know really for sure when I was, and they tried to keep things You thought you could die. You thought you might die. Yeah, I kind of assumed that I would die. They told me they would never be like specific. It was always like, well, if you do, you know, nothing was ever like, yeah, you're going to have five episodes and it'll be this and this. It was like, well, it'll probably be around like five episodes. Like I thought it was supposed to be like a shorter arc. And then it just like kept going and it kept being like flown out like every to like keep working. I watched it for, uh, I probably think, I think about four seasons or so. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I have a short attention span. So yeah. with anything. And I think it's very hard for a show to continue like success and keep, you know, everybody always wants, the, there's very few shows like that just are every episode like Breaking Bad or a Game of Thrones. And and you're talking about a zombie world. And it's like yeah. you have to write episodes that are like engaging and, you know, you scares and relationships and all this. So I always said, you know, that's got to be the hardest thing to write these episodes. And it's probably just as hard to act in them i mean you're in the middle of nowhere it's probably hot you know and uh, yeah you know the first day you came on set was everybody really welcoming yes i feel like i just really got so lucky being on that show when i first showed up to set everyone was so nice um in particular steven who plays glenn on the show i remember him just being like because i got in on like a thursday or friday to do the um to do costuming and all this stuff and and so then I was going to have to be there through the weekend and we weren't filming or anything. So I was just hanging out in this hotel at the Wyndham in Peachtree City. I remember him being like, what are you doing this weekend? Like, can I take you guys out to brunch? Can I – like, I remember him in particular being so welcoming. And But everybody on set was really sweet. And Lauren, uh, who played my sister, was coming out at the same time. And, like, immediately, like, I just was like – Oh, she's – yeah, like we're going to be great sisters. Like we're going to be great, you know. And it was so um, – it was kind of – it was kind of magical. It was awesome. Andrew Lincoln, I saw him in the airport once. And honestly, he was one of the nicest human beings. He walked out and I walked and um, there was all these photographers and, and, and yeah. people coming and they all fled to him. Yeah. And he, I'm not kidding, he sat there and signed while he was waking, waiting at baggage claim. I watched wow. this. I watched it from the other side, probably 50 autographs and signed everyone and took pictures with every, and he was yeah. tired. You could tell he was a little tired and he did every last one. And I That's said, incredible. bravo, dude, bravo. Yeah. You know, I thought that was wonderful. Um yeah, he's so great, and he always gives 100%. Like, he's kind to the people around him. He works his ass off and, like, always always does his best. And and since he's, you know, the lead of the show, it, it filtered down to everyone. Then every – you know, everyone in the scene gave their all. Then everyone – you know, like, he just – the way that he is and the way that some of those first uh, – first cast on the show like spread to everyone else and so i feel so lucky that i got to be there with them because they the work ethic and like the kind of um focus that they had was really special and it was fun like i that's i i it's fun to be good (laughs) you know what i mean yeah it's fun like sometimes i feel like 
I'll be like, oh God, I'm no fun because I'm just sitting here like working on my, like trying to stay in my world, like be in my world with the lines or whatever. But what was cool about that show is like, yeah, of course, sometimes there's jokes or this or that, but we also focused. And then when it was good, it was like, yeah, that take was fucking awesome. And like, it's fun to be good. Sure. No, I know. Like, and I think that there was that kind of understanding. I know. I know because you're great. I am so great. I know what it's like to be good at it. I mean, it's not like we're all just sitting there like, like so whatever, folks. Right. But some days it was like that. So if it was a serious scene, if it Give was. Give me dirt. I want dirt. Anyway. I want. I want, want I want I want to hear a story how Norman Reedus walked in <laughs> and he was shit canned and he just said fuck everyone. That didn't happen, did it? That never happened. He's just a nice guy. I met him. He was nice. So nice, the sweetest. The, come on, did Michael, Michael so Rooker, who I worked with in Guardians? Oh my god, he's so sweet. He's the most amazing, intense yeah. guy. Hilarious. I mean, yeah. sometimes he packs a gun. Uh, but he he also is one of those people who's like the endless amounts of energy. Like yeah. he'll be next to me at a convention and I'll feel like, oh God, they're gonna be so disappointed in me. Me. Cause he's like a show over there being like, hey you, da da da. Hey like, Emily, what are you doing over there? Yeah, and I'm like, hi. And then I feel like people come up to meet me and I'm just like, hi. Like, I don't know. Like I give them a hug or, you know, whatever. And I'm like, I hope they're not disappointed that I don't have more of like a, a routine or something. <laughs> like, Did you ever have an argument on set? Did anybody ever yell? Did you ever see anybody? You don't have to say, was there ever a scene where it just got a little ugly? A director I wasn't? mean, people will, people would be passionate about like, no, I really think we should do things this way. But there's a lot of respect on that set. You know? So I feel like people get passionate on the set. But you wouldn't call it anger. But I wouldn't like, call never... it like someone being an asshole or I wouldn't call it like someone being like someone being mean like there's no mean spiritedness like everyone's very kind and respectful to the crew and to, but maybe i've noted like there have been times when i've been like oh someone got worked up because they were like passionate about doing the scene a certain way right you know and i think that's kind of cool how long were days on that set it really depended but um because a lot of times we had outdoor stuff it could only be so long you know but they would uh, it really depended on the episode. Because, you know, the zombie days, it's like, how long does it take these guys to yeah, get in the makeup? Yeah. I, I, it takes them a long time. The The days for the zombie guys, it's the worst. Did you because feel sorry they have for to them? get there. Um, sometimes just because of the heat. And I feel like being in all that zombie makeup, and they had to get there at like, you know, 3 or 4 a.m. or whatever it was, and get all of this makeup on. And then you're so you're tired all day. And then you're also like in the sun. Did you ever see a zombie flip out like, I'm not fucking doing it again. I'm not dying. <laughs> no. I mean, I'm too hot in here. The prosthetics, <laughs> it's too much. I'm dying. I'm not doing anymore. You're paying me shit. Because <laughs> that's what I would have done, I think, if I was a zombie after No, a while, I feel like I people would the hell out. Yeah. I don't remember any of that. I always remember thinking it was interesting, like, just seeing the zombies, like, hanging out. Like, all the actors that are playing zombies just, like... Like, sometimes I would take pictures of them, like, playing on their phones or eating Cheetos and stuff. Because I just thought it was really, like, kind of funny to me. And I'd be like, this is sort of, like, bizarre life that, like, incredible life that I'm living where I'm, like... I have a picture of uh, the old Planet of the Apes movies. Oh, where yeah. Where one of the apes is just having lunch. And okay. somebody took a candid picture of him. And he's just eating in his, in his you know, his yeah. full makeup and everything. And I just 
I always just found it really interesting. Yeah. So I know what you're saying about that. But yeah, I mean, that's really, I mean, the, being an extra, I have one of my close friends, his name's Troy Rudolph, and he lives in Vancouver, and he's, uh, he's an extra in like everything. Uh-huh. He does extra in stunt work, they call it background. Yeah. So sorry if I offended anyone. And they, and they get bossed around, move here, come here, do this, I want you crossing on this line. And they don't really, some of them don't get a lot of respect. And it's a really difficult thing, and I couldn't imagine being a zombie with all these prosthetics and being yelled at and told what to do in this Atlanta yeah. heat in the middle of the summer or whatever. So it's, it's probably actually a, tough a job. lot of work. Yeah. yeah, I actually was an extra a few times in in New York. I I before I had an agent and stuff, I would submit myself to like central casting and or was it called central casting? I don't remember these like uh, casting agencies that do. So I I used to do background work once in a while. That's not easy, right? Well, it is long days. It's long days. You don't get paid a lot. Yeah. But some people, he's made a, a career out of it. He's made a living. He's uh, wow. He's done some, you know, some work. He's had some roles, small roles. But he's, you know, he's just one of those guys who's like, I enjoy doing this, and if this is all I do for the rest of my life, and to me, that's passion. Yeah. He, he has passion. In what he does, he loves acting. Yeah. And I always respect him for that. I think that's really amazing. But uh, I don't think people realize the amount of work that goes into like one hour dramas. A lot of times, the half hour shows are, you know, they're a lot easier. But the but you guys have probably second unit. We would by the end of the season, you know, it was doing catch up days on things we didn't quite get, or um, yeah, sometimes yeah, a second unit. What's a question you were never asked that you're like, why don't people ask me about that? Oh man, did you ever hook up with anybody on the show? Well, I mean, it's not that uh, I I dated. <laughs> I mean, no, no, I um, I, I yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> the answer yes. is yeah. Does everyone know about? Should this? we just say yes and? Well, I mean, for one of my like longest boyfriends that I've ever had was from the show, and that's um, he played Randall in season two. He fell on a fence, and then you can't. If you remember that scene, he was in a few. I don't know how many episodes he was in, but um, yeah, that's one of my like. I I usually don't date people very long, like maybe three or four months or something. In general. Uh, in general, but he was like, we were together for like over a year, and um, I mean, we're still friends. I think that's the most important thing. Is like yeah. people say, well, you can't be friends. Yeah. Why not? I always say, ninety nine percent of the time it doesn't work out, and the one percent it does work out. Yeah, fifty percent of uh, marriages still, end up in divorce. Yeah. You have a half a percent chance. So right. just enjoy it. Enjoy, <laughs> enjoy what you have. Enjoy the moment. Yeah, and see what happens. I've right. learned that. Am yeah. I wrong? Am I wrong about that? I think you're right. Really. Enjoy. I think it's good to enjoy the moment, for sure. Your music, you also got to do some of your, because you love music, and we haven't yes. really talked a lot about your music, but yes. you have, you. I mean, you have albums, and you actually did a song on The Walking Dead. I did a few songs on The Walking Dead. Well, I know I one, did, The Parting Glass. Okay, yeah, so that was the first one that Beth sang, and that sort of, like, established her as, like, a singer, which what was, was rad. What Parting Glass? Yeah, how's it going? Of all the money that e'er I had, I spend it in good company. Isn't everyone watching you when you sing and that? All, what? Aren't they like Yeah, they're point? around yeah. the campfire. Was, yeah, yeah, I remember. It's one of my favorite scenes we've ever filmed. And I remember that night um, only because I, it felt like I was like at camp, you know? We were all like, had just had like this really long week all together. That first episode of season, I think that was season three. And before everybody really died. Before anybody, before we find the prison, yeah. Right. So the whole episode. Well, no, was like, what's his name died? The old oh, guy, not 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 Herschel. Herschel died later. The other old guy who was on the top of the bus a lot and hanging out with a gun. 
Oh yeah. What the hell Jeffrey. Is it? Jeffrey. Or, he but, he was one of the first big ones to die, right? Yeah. Well, he died in season one, though, right? Or no, season two. Two. He died in season. So this was yeah. So season three, but this was like as we're finding the prison, and that whole week before we had shot all these scenes all together as a group, just kind of like going through the woods and like fighting zombies, and it had just been like a really long first week, and then we shot this scene at night on a Friday night, and I just remember being like so happy, you know. It was like one of those moments you like put in your head as like a picture where you're like, this is so fun. I love all these people. This is really fun. It's a great feeling. Yep. Do you miss it? I miss it, but I don't feel like, oh, I wish I was still there, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I miss working on the show for, for lots of different reasons. I miss the people. I feel like I did some of my best acting work on the show. Like it really made me do my best work because of the other actors I was working with and I I was so comfortable and I feel like that's one of my things where it's like it takes me a minute on set to sort of like feel comfy. Like I have to get better at that. You know, I because I'd been on the show for so long, it was like in a way easy. So far as like acting, I miss having like a steady gig and a character that I loved. I really trusted the writers. They always wrote really amazing stuff for Beth. Like I, yeah, I miss the show and the gig. But you know, I don't want to play Beth my whole life. I want to sure. play all kinds of characters. I think as an actor, that's one of the reasons you feel like you have all these different kinds of people inside of you and you want to sort of like key into like these different sure. aspects of And you yourself. do that. You do that. You're, yeah. you're one of those actors, an actor's actor who, you know, you don't wait for things you, to happen. You make them happen. You, you're like, hey, they want you for a role on The Flash. Like, great. They want your role on The Arrow. Great. That sounds yeah. like fun, and you do it, and you have fun, and you do whatever, and you explore, and you get out, and yeah. you're not. You're, it's not beneath you to take a recurring role or whatever, especially if they're a hit show. I mean, no, like, yeah, and like it's it's fun. Like I just think it's fun, and it's fun to do something different. So like I do miss the show, but like it's been so fun after the show. Like even like I was in uh, Smallville. It was yeah, it was awesome. So I could always yeah. say it's great, but it's like yeah. Did you get tired of it? Well, sure, after 160 episodes, you know. Right. But it's not like you don't love it. It's not like you don't cherish those moments. It's not like you don't miss those moments, have fun. But, you know, there's a point where in life you do this, you move on. Everybody moves on. You know, Talking Dead, you've been on that a few times. Yes. I have been asked to be on it, and I honest, I, 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 they should call it Fear of the Walking Dead because I felt like I would go on there and they'd quiz me. And I would need to know stuff, and I love Chris Hardwick, yeah. but I wouldn't go on because I was like, I'm not a diehard fan. But like, you know these what they fans do? Would kill me. They probably hate me. No, but me. I think you'd be okay. Because I couldn't name the dude who got killed on the freaking bus. Uh, Henley, what's his name? I know. I Don can't Henley. Think... <laughs> this is what scares me at conventions because it has been a few years since I've been on the show, and people will be like, you know, blah blah. Like they ask me questions, and I'm like, I really don't remember. I don't watch and then it. I after feel I was like killed. a horrible person because I don't re- this huge. This thing that's been such a huge part of my life and still is a huge part of my life. I mean, I'm still going to conventions. I still go to like Walking Dead events. But why would you like? Why would but I? But I watch don't Smallville? remember. Yeah. Why would I watch Smallville season eight when I wasn't on it? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. let's just see what they're up to. <laughs> yeah. No, there's no reason for it. That's gone. Although you did come back for one thing. At the, yeah. So your music. Music. Uh, 2011. That was the blue toothbrush time. Uh, yeah, I want to say like 10, 11. Yeah. But that's when I was playing. So around the time that I got Walking Dead, I had started playing shows in New York, like a lot of like club shows, mostly Rockwood, pianos, like really random bars. But, um, and then it was that summer that I was working on Walking Dead that I started these, I had been all finished with this album or not album, EP. 
and um, had started writing the next album. And yeah, so Bluetooth Brush, but that was a much more like jazzy sort of, I worked on it with my friend Conrad and um, I would say the sound, my sound has definitely changed since then. It's still lyrics and poems. A lot of my songs start out as poems. You have a lot of words in your songs. Yeah. You, you really tell stories and you, I know you, one of your idols was Tom Waits, like yeah. or is Tom Waits. He's alive, right? Yeah. Good. Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, I just, I, you know, you yeah. like to write lyrics. Yeah. And I think when I'm listening to them, I'm like, wow, that's supposed to be a beautiful voice. And the lyrics, I'm like, how does she remember these songs? They're just like the, but I guess if they're a part of you, every song is a part of you and you're telling a story. And it feels like, have you had a lot of heartbreak? I, you know what? Now that you're asking me that, I actually, I don't know if I've had any more than any other person, but I do feel like I've had a lot of heartbreak. I mean, I've had a lot of relationships that have been, you know how you were saying, just enjoy it for what it is. I feel like have been disappointments. <laughs> really? Or not disappointments. I do. I also feel like I do write about that because it feels like something that when I went to New York, I, I started dating a lot of different kinds of people. And it's interesting to me. Like I do find dating and like, do you fall like in love, love um, it depends on the person. But I think I do. I like people. I mean, I'm an actor. Sure. So, like, I guess I do kind of fall in love quickly. But also, like, I have this job like you do where, like, your life changes a lot. So I think I've had a lot of heartbreak because, like, you know, what was working for a few months isn't going to work when I'm out of town doing yeah. Walking Dead. Or what was working while I was working on Walking Dead isn't going to work now that we're back in L.A. and for some reason it just doesn't translate. Or what was working as a long-distance thing doesn't really work day-to-day. And I also feel like because I get so emotionally invested in certain projects, sometimes I only have so much bandwidth as far as like emotional availability. Availability. And I feel like sometimes if I'm really into a part, it's hard for me to then also be really available in a uh, relationship type way. Just saying. Do you know? Do you relate to that? <laughs> I, I do. I, I, I'm not the greatest at relationships. I've had. I've tried. Uh, yeah. Uh, I just I was in one for I guess almost a year. Yeah, uh, we weren't on the same page. I think that's the, the problem a lot of times. And you know you try to work it out, but it's not like the person's bad or you're bad or right. You know, as long as you're honest and you're open, yeah. it's like, hey, this is what I'm doing. Uh, you know, it's just like you can't hate the person. You're like, hey, no, of course you know? not. So I, I always try to be just honest. And you know, sometimes you become friends with the person, and sometimes, hey, they can't be friends or you can't be friends. Yeah. And, and I think uh, I think relationships, it's tough. That's why it's tough, and I think. I think that's why it becomes something that I write about because I, it's like it's a mystery to me. It hasn't really worked. I mean, there have been times I would say the one with Zegan that was a very successful relationship. That was really Zegan? the Randall from Walking. Oh, like yeah, the yeah. year, I would say that was like even though it didn't last, I would say that was like a very successful relationship. Rob, look him like, up. I want to see a picture okay. of this guy. Look up Zegan. <laughs> no. um, I I would say that was very like successful in like for whatever reason like in our communication like it, it was just or you're just was. growing as a person it helps you yeah grow it helps you grow, or... grow as a person but other ones have been i mean even to get to that point that took how many years of like meeting different people it always felt a bit like a mystery like how is this going to work how like like the communication or or feeling like one of my first boyfriends in new york city 
oh, this is good. He was an actor and was going back and forth and he actually had another girlfriend in LA. And like, I had never had someone do that to me. So I feel like there was something about New York City when I moved to New York City. The people that I dated in Nebraska, like, I'm not saying that no one Nebraska cheated, guys really. are better. No, no one. one did anything like that to me. Yeah. No one was like, tried to trick me. Right. And well, I wait, feel wait, like wait, in wait, New wait, York. Wait, did he, was he in a, like, you thought you were in a relationship? He was like, I love you. We You're were like, in a relationship. Like okay. he was staying then, at my place every time he was in New York. Yeah, it was definitely like he had another thing here. And well, that yeah, that's yeah. cheating and that's bad. That's dishonesty. And then it was like when I would bring it, you know, he like definitely straight up lied to me about it. But I think that that was this not the start, but yeah, kind of like where I was like, oh wow, I can't believe someone could do that to someone else. And you know what? Thank you for uh, my second EP, Expired Love, because yeah. that fucking guy got Expired Love written. And then you started writing. I guess you did. It wasn't that long ago, 2015, you did the, the first full-length album, This Is War, right? Yeah. I mean, Expired Lover was pretty much, or Expired Love was pretty much a full-length. I mean, I think it was like nine songs. But I just called it an EP because I felt like it was like, well, this isn't like my there's more kind of thing. Like I want there to be something more complete later. When you, when you play at the Troubadour, when you play all these like sold out shows, how many are fans of yours from the show? The people, a lot of people show up from the show. Are they really supportive of your music and the, and and their fandom? I think there's, uh, there's both walking dead fans. And then there's also like people that are truly like, music fans and whether they found it because they were like oh beth sings i want to look up her music yeah, if you suck they're you not know? gonna follow it so you yeah gotta be good. so and then and i did have like a little bit of a following from like playing those shows in new york and like my stuff had been on especially expired love like got some a little bit of like radio play in a couple places yeah. <laughs> and like and like i remember someone saying they found my music on pandora and like different um so like there's definitely a mix of sure. fans but there's also a lot of Walking Dead fans too, which is awesome. And back in love, back on love. Yeah. Do you love you love that song? Sometimes I, it was a, it's a fun song. It um, yeah, it was it was a. Well, when I was writing it, it wasn't fun. I was like crying my eyes out. But I remember being like, "This is gonna be good." Because it was just real. It was visceral. Um. Yeah, it felt good to write that song. It's kind of about like when someone makes it into like an addiction, like they like play with your mind. So then you feel like you're always like. And they're in control. A little of. bit. Ugh. Like in the in the words, if you listen, cl- I mean, it sounds like it should be sweet, like back on love, da, da, da. but it's like I talk about how like, oh, he said that my ex-boyfriend was boring. He says that um, the moon is the sun, says the uh, anxiety can be the source of lot, lots of fun, like all of these like sort of a little bit manipulating like And it's more me. of an upbeat song. It's an upbeat song. So I like how you have this darkness in an upbeat song, which is like oh, the juxtaposition you. is. Well, it's cool because like, you know, you're mostly these sad, you know, it's usually slow melodic songs and they're sad. But yeah. it's like this upbeat songs and you go, wait a minute, listen to the lyrics. It's kind of fucked. Yeah. It's a little dark. Yeah. So you're a little dark. See, we started with Wayne, Nebraska uh-huh. with you doing these little shows and everything. And then we got to New York and through it, we've seen some, some broken <laughs> hearts and some, some, some drinking the, the bramble. <laughs> The gin bramble, what yeah. Was it? The gym, gin, gin brambles. The gin brambles, sweet ups. <laughs> sweet ups, and it's like so. You're, you know, you're. You, we evolve, and this is what's happened. I think. I yeah. think Sometimes we have to get our feelings hurt, our heart broken, to write good songs, to yeah. make people feel, to be a better actor, to be a better artist, to be a better person. Um, fan questions. Mm. You like fan questions? Yeah, I saw that you Instagrammed that. I was like, I was like, oh, I wonder what people will ask. 
mm. ask you or send you to ask they were, me. They were, uh, they were kind of cool questions. Okay. Uh, this wasn't a question. It was my question. Would you ever go back to Walking Dead? If they said, oh. hey, come back for two episodes. Because it's maybe, yeah. I mean, I love playing Beth. People have asked you that, right? Yeah, I think if it was the right situation, maybe. Come back so you could, well, I guess you, I mean, you, you died, so it had to be a flashback. Should be like a flashback or something. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't Or just come back as a zombie whining. for one second. I don't know if I want to be a zombie anymore. It's funny, when I was first on the show, I was like, I want to have the whole Walking Dead experience. I want to I'll be a zombie. Yeah, no, I was like so pumped. And then by, after four years, I was like, yeah. I don't want Beth to be a zombie. I just don't really. Mm. Mm. Uh, okay, Beth's, I'm good. Beth's above zombiehood. No, well, I, I just had been around zombies so much, and I was just like, you know, I, I'm good. Yeah. Maybe that's boring, but. Sunny Moraine. Beth was one of my favorite characters on TWD. That's The Walking Dead. Okay. If you didn't know that. Yes. <laughs> and I think <laughs> it's you. so sad that she never got a funeral. Do you Aww. wish the group had given her one? Well, she didn't get a funeral, but if you remember at the end of the episode, it was like this very epic, like slow-mo Norman, Daryl like, yeah. carrying me. And that became such an iconic thing that I almost think. And then like my sister just cry, like Lauren, just like crying her eyes out. And, like, I was like, that was your funeral. I feel like that was enough. I mean, if we'd had a funeral too, it's like, what? You know. Ekinney.twd. Yes. Out of all your songs, <laughs> which is your favorite to perform? It changes. Um, that's depending a great on, title. Oh, that's it not changes, the song. Yeah. It changes. It changes depending on how I'm feeling. I always love playing Expired Lover because love. No, the the name of the album oh, was Expired yeah, Lover. Expired, Expired, Lover, Expired right. There's yeah, uh, because it's interesting to me that song was meant to be such a downer, and then it's interesting to me when the audience laughs at certain points and it's always a little different that song i love to play because i feel like there's a conversation happening between me and the audience like they listen in really close and i feel like that's when i know if everyone's with me if that makes sense yeah green gibbons what's your favorite favorite walking dead episode you were in and why that i was in i think i really liked doing the one with norman because i i think it's called still just because that was, for me, a chance when I got to know Beth really well. Like, sometimes on the show, they didn't necessarily tell you much about your characters or didn't want to give you any idea of where it was necessarily headed, um, which is fine. It was just, like, they wanted things to be, like, a surprise or, like, secret, you know. But um, that episode, Beth talks about her childhood. She talks about, like, how she feels about everything going on around her. She says, like, oh, when this happened – you know, to Maggie or like when I lost my dad, you know, my dad or this is what I imagined my future to be. Like I loved that episode because I got to finally like really – I got to know Beth even more. I loved that one. I also really loved doing in season two, there was an episode where she, where like I tried to commit suicide and I just like for whatever reason, I just like I really loved that one. I think it was because one of my first chances to really get to do stuff on the show and so I – remember just being like really excited and nervous you are a great singer thank you songwriter <laughs> you do musicals plays tv shows mo- movie i mean you do every you really do everything i would think and my advice to you mm-hmm. is to write a musical because i think it would be an amazing musical Thank you. you know, I'd love to. I think you should because I think you've got some good music and it's you're you're. It just seems like you'd love it. You get the best of both worlds. You know. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that'd be really fun. You're not the first person to tell me that. Oh, great. 
left. So I, but I can say that you were the one to guide it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I it's think not that advice. Would be, I just thought. No, well, yeah. It's a good me. idea. I mean, it's definitely in my brain and in the atmosphere somewhere. Um, for me, you know, I guess finding what that story would be that I'd want to tell would be important, you know, important to me. Like with songs and short stories, like I write a lot of short stories. Um, you know, there's like usually some sort of spark or something happens during the day or I have this phrase bouncing around and I feel like a need to sort of expand on it and sit down and actually do the thing. And I feel like for musical theater specifically, I'd have to, there'd have to be that spark. There'd have to be that drive to be like, especially cause like to write a full length musical, of course, is a lot of, you know, work. Um, so I won't be in it because I won't do eight days a week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just want you to know that. So. Well, what if I wrote like this amazing part just for you? Mm, we'll talk about you it. You could play guitar in the show. Ooh. No, I think I could come up with an idea. It just hasn't been on, you know, I'm, I do, I'm trying to do like a lot of different, I have, I feel like I have a lot of projects in my brain. It's good. Like that's one of the things when people are like, oh, don't you want to start this kind of class or that or whatever? I'm like, I have so many projects in my head that I just need to get to those first. It's all in my head. <laughs> like before um, I take on another hobby, you know, or something. Uh, also, you saw that scooter I have down in the basement. Yeah, they, I want they, one yeah, of they, those. they gave me a scooter, fat scooters. <gasps> so I want, I want you to get one. So hopefully they'll listen to this because yeah. how fucking dope are they? They're not really even cool. like they don't. Even, they're not giving me money to say this. They're just no. Awesome. They're really cool. They're like they go like. I different. saw your Instagram post and I was like, I want that scooter. Fat scooters, I, man. They're awesome. They really awesome. are. Well, look, this has been fun. Was this good enough? I wasn't mean? sure if you I were, was going to be you good enough for your show. No, you're. I mean, you're. I'm, I'm honored to have you on my show. It's been okay. a pleasure being inside of you today. <laughs> Did you have fun? It was so much you, fun. You know what happens? You watch, <laughs> what, can you say that again a little louder? Right, deaf in this ear, Willie Wonka. Said that once. But it's been a real uh, treat. I got to know you, and um, it, it's it, it's interesting coming from Wayne, Nebraska, and the whole you know going to New York and then going back to Nebraska and saving up money and then coming back and then doing plays and getting cast is so hard, let alone plays to to movies to TV shows to all this, and you just you work nonstop. Um, Walking Dead is a fan favorite, and I think actors around you know Los Angeles they also I mean everyone loved that show. I'm a huge horror movie fanatic. We didn't yeah. really get into that. I know, yeah. A, you know, so I love zombies. I was really upset when Romero died, and you know I, it was a fantastic show. It's still going, so mm-hmm. it sounds like it's over. Yeah, but uh, I really enjoyed this. This was uh, fantastic. Yeah, thank you so, for having me. Uh, and what's what's uh, what's your Twitter handle and your Instagram? Oh, it's all Emmy Kinney. So Instagram is Emmy Kinney E M M Y K I N N E Y. And then Twitter's the same. Maybe we'll write a song sometime. Me and you? Yeah. Okay. It'll be like an endless love song, like Lionel <laughs> Richie and Diana Ross. <laughs> I'll write a song with you. This has been fun. That'll be really fun. I'd love that. Yeah. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.